Kevin. Hello. Hey, how's it going, my friend? Well, it goes. Yeah. Are you celebrating the coronation? Well, no, I actually have a really uh, good picture of uh, his royal idiot. Um, oh, my goodness. In his new crown. Look at that. It's uh, from a flyer for a republic. Why well, swear allegiance to this idiot? But the idiot's also a killer because he issued a kill order on our friend William, which I'm going to talk about today. Yeah, so who is William? William Coombs was a uh, interior Salish native man. I knew him for over a decade, and he came forward as part of our campaign in Canada, uh, probably around 2008, early on. And um, he was an eyewitness to a lot of horrible things, but to the abduction, which a lot of people know about now, the abduction of 10 children by Elizabeth Windsor and Philip on October 10th, 1964. All the numbers add up to 10. There were 10 children. This was near the Kamloops death camp, which was in the news uh, as the site of one of the mass graves that were uncovered. But anyway, uh, William was to go public with that in uh, February 2011. And he was taken down just before he was to come to London, England to do a, a tribunal we were setting up. Um, Mounty showed up at his hotel room door, took him down to St. Paul's Hospital. And he was dead within two days. And we have an eyewitness on the link that Ash put up. There's an interview with uh, Chloe Kirker, who was the nurse at St. Paul's Hospital, Catholic Hospital, where he was taken. Chloe says he had all the symptoms of arsenic poisoning, uh, mm -hmm. black marks on your fingernails. Mm -hmm. He had no symptoms of tuberculosis, which was the cause of death. He died of tubercular meningitis, no symptoms at all. And uh, it was just another kill operation. Well, what happened in May... We always had our suspicions, but in May, and this is up online at another one of those links um, that's up there. I'm sorry, Kevin. Ash has asked if you can just move your camera slightly so your head goes up. Up? Like yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, an eyewitness came forward, and this fellow, this is posted at that link that Ash put up. Um, he's a former member of Charles' security detail, and he describes just before William died, uh, less than two months before he was killed, uh, this individual says that he was called to a meeting by a man called Major Johnny Thompson of the Royal Regiment, who's in fact still on, he's a security advisor to now King Charles. And he said this, Major Thompson uh, called us to this meeting in Buckinghamshire, and he said he was appearing on behalf of His Majesty the Prince of Wales, who was King Charles at the time. And uh, Charles had ordered the elimination of a foreign assassin threatening the royal family. Well, this eyewitness says, I was surprised to hear of such an order that it wasn't being handled through MI6 and its usual overseas contractors. I was even more surprised when the target was a Canadian Indian, since normally the RCMP have jurisdiction over that operations. Major Thompson then said, quote, the Mounties will handle this one on the ground. We're just setting the wheels in motion. This is a royal directive with the knowledge and consent of the Canadian Governor General, Mr. Johnston. And then later he went on to describe how it was, he, William Coombs was named. And uh, after the testimony came out about William witnessing the abduction of those 10 children, this eyewitness says he wasn't surprised what happened, this kind of kill order coming out because William was the only surviving eyewitness to that, those abduction of those children. He was gonna go public with it. And Charles obviously took matters in hand and, and uh, ordered William to be dealt with. Now. There's been an affidavit about this uh, posted for a while. Uh, there's been a, a summons sent to Charles 
as a, as an individual, because don't forget, as with the Pope and the Queen herself, as individuals, everyone is subject to the law under international law. So he can be called into a common law court of justice like his predecessor was. And so that's kind of what's in the works right now. One of the things. When did he die, Kevin? William? Yeah. February 26, 2011. This meeting occurred uh, late 2010, going into 2011. And so, you know, the wheels were set in motion in the month or two before he was killed. And you're saying that they just, the motive was to prevent him from speaking out about what he witnessed? Yeah, uh, definitely on that occasion. But there's more to it than that, because if one of the, the other links that Ash posted showed that uh, just last year uh, in Saskatchewan, there was uh, huge diamond deposits discovered by what's called Rio Tinto mining. Now, they're mm. closely linked to China and the royal family. As a matter of fact, in the article, you'll see that because of her investments in Rio Tinto, uranium mining and other arms companies, Queen Elizabeth's personal wealth increased 15 times when she was monarch. And Charlie Boy inherited all that wealth. Now, um, what happened in Saskatchewan was Rio Tinto announces they're going to go in in eastern Saskatchewan and start digging. One of the local Cree chiefs, uh, name was Wally Burns, came out publicly against the digging, against the mining operation, because strip mining would destroy their land. That same week, six of his... Uh, six relatives of his are murdered all at once. There's a, a, a supposed, a, a typical lone gunman scenario. Uh, a guy called Miles Sanderson is blamed for the killings. There were four other people killed. So 10 people are killed in one night on this reservation by a guy with a knife. Well, first of all, you've got to be a professional to do that. But lo and behold, what happens is Miles Sanderson's arrested by the RCMP, and then he conveniently dies in prison within two days, as does his brother Damien, who was supposedly a suspect. So you knock off the two killers. Next thing we know, Justin Trudeau, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, Mary Simon, the Governor General, they all show up in the James Smith Cree Reservation after the killings, and they start buying off the witnesses. They uh, allot $63 million to the band council, you know, hush money, right? Then they announced their uh, bogus inquiry um, into what happened and gave the usual clean bill of health that it was just these guys, these individuals. Um, and again, it's, it's linked into a Royal family connected mining company. And it's, it's sending a message again to native people and others that, you know, do not oppose what we're doing or we're going to kill your relatives. And sure enough, after that, the bank council approved the mining and it's going ahead. And that was just last year in 2022. That's happened in the fall. How, how do they get away with this so consistently? Well, that's the thing, Sean. I mean, well, obviously, because they're, they're the guys in charge and it's the crown state uh, or church state um, official genocide that we've been documenting and talking about for so long. But um, it's been done now so blatantly in such plain sight as if to say, look what we can do. And that's often the, the actions of people who are desperate. They have to kind of shore up their perceived power because they know the house of cards is coming down. And I think that especially that's true in, in Canada. I mean, do you remember last summer, just before this killing at the Cree, James Smith uh, Cree Reservation in Saskatchewan, Bergoglio, Pope Francis, comes to Canada. And we know he was meeting with the Chinese on the West Coast because a lot of this is, you know, China money taking over the resources of Canada. And uh, as part of that, just as Bergoglio is flying out of Canada, he makes his comment to reporters, oh, yes, it was genocide, you know, what we did. 
Well, I mean, well, how come the guy wasn't immediately arrested and hauled before a war crimes trial, which is what has to happen under international law? Yet he says it and they get away as if to just snub their nose saying, look, look what we can do. Right. And it's part of that. It, it's, it keeps people intimidated on the ground. And I know because I went into Saskatchewan, I grew up not far from there in Manitoba, and I know a lot of people there. We went in within a few months of those killings, and everyone was terrified. They didn't want to talk about it because they might be next, right? Because under the law in Canada, under the Indian Act, if you're living on reservation, you're not a citizen. You're a ward of the crown, which means they can take your kids at any time. Since 1874, they can test drugs on you. If you refuse medical treatment, you can go to jail. Well, Hello, you know, the COVID shots now, and that's just imitating what they've been doing to Indians for 150 years. So it's, um, it's part of that reign of terror where you keep people intimidated so you can grab the land and resources and show everyone who's boss. I mean, it, it's nothing new, but it's, it's, it's all kind of coming out now so blatantly that, that um, you know, I'm, I'm amazed that people just aren't <laughs> rising up in arms to deal with these people, right? All right, so many of you viewers are familiar with Kevin Annette. He's been a friend of the channel for years, exposing the atrocities on the indigenous people in Canada. We did stuff with him on YouTube many years ago, but we got banned from uh, presenting that information. But here he is now. He's still going. He's had an attempt on his life. And it's your opportunity. If you've got any questions for him, put them in the sidebar. So Jake Ford has got a question for you, Kevin. How do we know? that the eyewitness testimony is genuine, is the evidence presented circumstantial? No, it's, um, I, I spoke to the people who interviewed this fellow, and it's genuine. Like any of these witnesses, their life is in danger. So obviously, we're not going to broadcast the name. Anyway, legally, what's got to happen is his affidavit and his live testimony has to appear before a court of law. Once that happens, then yes, the evidence will be shared. But here's the thing to remember, as we found with previous common law trials, where are you going to hold it? Uh, we have people in England um, doing the investigation and trying to put that court together. But the, the, the degree of harassment and attack we face uh, is, is incredible. Uh, and so what it, the plan is, is to convene that court in the fall. If it can't happen in England, if we don't have the security in that, we have uh, a backup place to go to either Belfast or Brussels, uh, not Belfast, I'm sorry, Dublin or Brussels um, to convene these courts. And, you know, if you know anything of the history of, of what we did in 2012 and 13, uh, we tried the same thing in Europe. Our researchers were, were disappearing. Judges on the trial were, were being intimidated. Uh, some of these people I knew, they just vanished for good. We never saw them again. So, I mean, what do you expect when you're up against the Vatican, the Crown of England, big moneyed interests? Uh, you can't just, this isn't just another kind of internet chat chat. This is like life and death issues. People are, are killed for it. So the first thing is you've got to protect the witnesses and the evidence. You want convictions. And, but, but the important thing here to remember is the reason they're coming down so hard is because of the power in our hands. Do you know, and I urge people to read Magna, Magna Carta. Go to Section 61, and this is a document which is the basis of common law, the basis of English jurisprudence. Well, going back almost a thousand years, it says in Section 61, if the, if the monarch violates Magna Carta or the rights of the people, what they call his subjects, um, they have the right, these 25 barons, which is really just people appointed uh, to enforce this, they have the right to seize everything owned by the monarch up to 
his life and the life of his family. Crown land, crown property, it can all be seized if the crown is involved in felonious activity. Now, that's that was the basis of the overthrow of Charles, the other Charles, King Charles, who was overthrown in 1649 by Parliament. They executed him because he was involved in treason against the people. They invoked Magna Carta, Section 61. Well, we can do that today. And it's why one another piece in this is we recently... Uh, reissued the banishment order in cross Canada against these genocidal Catholic Anglican United Churches, but also against the crown itself. It's the basis of the Declaration of the Republic. That is that the crown doesn't have the legal right to operate anymore because it's a convicted criminal body. So we have a, the, 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 not just the right, but the obligation to seize crown land and everything as reparations for these crimes. So they're on the defensive. They know that's all true legally. They rely on everyone's disbelief and the idea that oh, we can't touch them. They're like heads of church and state. No, it's, it's history disproves that. You can put anyone on trial for any crime. And that's what we're relying on, right? Does that mean Charles could end up in a court over this? In a just world, if we had backing from powers that could enforce it, absolutely he could. He could go to jail for life. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons in people, one of the questions was, what would Charlie's motive be in ordering a kill order like that? Well, these guys think they're God, first of all, that it's never going to come out. But don't forget, Charles is not that popular. Um, you know, there's something sentimental about the mother figure, you know, as the queen. But Charlie has never been a popular figure. And he's trying to prove himself, you know, by doing these things. Um, and also because he's, don't forget, he's an investor and a major shareholder in things like Rio Tinto, he profits off the destruction of natives and the grabbing of their lands and resources in, in Canada and elsewhere. Um, I mean, read up on Rio Tinto. What they do is beyond belief in Australia, in Canada, um, destroying uh, native lands and archaeological sites despite protests. And don't forget, Australia and Canada are the front line of Chinese expansion. They're, they're moving in those directions to grab the resources and the lands. That's really the power behind the throne on all this is China and it, they're a big funder, the Vatican Bank. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's part of the bigger kind of geopolitical aspect of this, right? Next question is from Ray J. How many witnesses are still alive? To witnesses to which? You mean so, to the James? Um, yeah. The, the killings in Saskatchewan? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're all in hiding. Anyone who does know the truth is in hiding, as far as I could see. There were 10 people murdered in one night. Six of them were the relatives of this Chief Wally Burns, who was against, you know, the the, the, the diamond mining, strip mining. So it was a clear message, right? Um, when something like that happens, I can tell you, in the Native world, when something like that happens, everyone goes undercover. I mean, they just disappear. They're terrified. For good reason, because they can be legally killed under Canadian law. Uh, they have no legal rights. You can kill a native person. Native, God, I know working decades on the streets in Vancouver um, that routinely Mounties just shoot homeless native men and are not even reprimanded because they're not citizens under the law. There's no legal repercussion. So, you know, it's, I say to people, when you get involved in this campaign and you're native, your life could end at any moment for doing it. It takes incredible courage to be a native person to speak out about all this, right? So you say it's in the law that they can just exterminate native people? Under the Indian Act, uh, which is still in place, and it shouldn't be in place because it's a violation of international law. Race-targeted legislation was done away with after World War II, and yet here's the Indian Act. I mean, do you have an Italian Act or an Irish Act? You know, um, 
So the Indian Act says if you're living on a reservation, you're a ward of the state, which means you're in the same legal category as a mentally incompetent person or a child. So they can, and I know working on reservations, you can't even renovate your home without permission from the government. You can't, uh, you have no control over your child's medical condition. They can come and take your child at any point. And in the proofs and practice, routinely Native people are killed, um, you know, and there's not even a reprimand that happens. So yeah, in fact, I mean, they're not going to come on and say, yeah, we have the legal right to kill Indians, but in practice, that's what happens routinely, right? That's terrible. So a nexus, is this true? that the CCP Chinese own a lot of land, resources, businesses, and real estate in Canada, along with having military and police there. Absolutely. Canada's uh, really their de facto colony now. And the previous Tory government uh, of Stephen Harper and the present Liberal government of Justin Trudeau passed a thing called the Foreign Investment Protection Act. And it allows not only it removes all limit on Chinese investment. It allows China to station their security forces on Canadian soil to protect their investment. Well, hello, that means the People's Liberation Army. Can, and we know they uh, ununiformed soldiers operate all over BC. Uh, we've seen it uh, on Vancouver Island. They do joint naval maneuvers with the Canadian Navy off Prince Rupert. It's a super port near Alaska, which is China pretty much owns now. They bring in illegal immigrants. They pump out a lot of the liquid natural gas, which is what they're really aiming for. You see, China is transitioning from coal to LNG. And BC and Alberta have more oil and natural gas than anywhere in the world. Uh, so naturally, they're grabbing it. And the native people stand in the way. So like the British did, and then the Americans, you just wipe them all out. You 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 send in the, the their death squads and you terrorize natives off their land. Back in the 80s, I was when I first did street ministry in Vancouver, I was meeting the refugees from up there. And they were all saying the same thing. The chiefs get paid off to force us off their land to traffic our children. A lot of the homeless natives on the streets of Vancouver have been forced off their land by their own chiefs and the pay of these companies, right? It's the same game plan all over the world. But, you know, in Canada, you know, Canadians, the mentality is, well, you can't talk about these things. It's treasonous to, <laughs> to accuse the crown and the church of these things. Well, just look. We, we proved it. They've even acknowledged it. They've even admitted to genocide, you know. Doesn't China having security people in Canada present a national security threat to the states? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, that's the, it's the back door, back way, door way into America. Um, China owns over a third of the U.S. debt. I mean, it's, they, they're adept in Sun Tzu and the art of war. They know the, the way you, you defeat an enemy is to get the enemy to defeat itself. You don't attack it friendly. So yeah, they encourage the civil war now between the Democrats and Republicans. They stoke the fire as much as they can. I'm sure there a lot of US politicians are on their payroll, just like a lot of Canadians are. Um, and so yeah, that's part of the, the bigger agenda. Um, and you know, you see it playing out on the ground. You know, China has opened their own police stations five of them in Toronto, four in Vancouver, <laughs> uh, under their own jurisdiction. So, you know, they can go knock off opponents of China living in Canada legally, right? I mean, it's it's that blatant now, Sean, right? So the, do they just own the Canadian government then to be able to do that? Pretty much. I mean, like the, uh, the meetings Justin Trudeau had with these Chinese billionaires, it was blatant. I mean, when he was, I don't know if you remember, the truckers in Canada shut down the country which is easy to do. It's a single highway, the Trans-Canada Highway. So it's, you can, they shut down the whole country. 
So Justin Trudeau invokes the Emergency Powers Act over a protest, right? Which means he can be locked away, which they did. They locked up all the leaders. They seized their bank accounts just because they were protesting. But before he did that, his first reaction was to fly out to Vancouver, to the West Coast, to meet with, guess who? His Chinese uh, handlers, right? I mean, um, and there's more on that. It's interesting because his background personally is he was, as a child, taken to a place called the Hollywood Hospital, where his mother, Margaret Sinclair Trudeau, was sent as a child. And this was one of these MKUltra-funded uh, hospitals. If you look it up, Hollywood Hospital, they got a lot of CIA funding. Well, Justin is one of the classic Manchurian candidate politicians. And, and you know, you, there's more we can get into on that. A guy called John Simmons, a U.S. A CIA psychologist, was the personal handler of all three, three Trudeau children, uh, lived in the Trudeau household when Justin was young there. So, I mean, there's this whole kind of issue, gamut of issues coming together, mm -hmm. but it's, it's provable. It's out there. And most importantly, it's happening on the ground where you can see it, right? Just a few minutes left with Kevin. It's gone yeah. fast. If you've got any more questions left, put them in the chat. Ray J is saying there's not much chance of a monarch being tried in the crown courts, is there? No, no not at all. But as we say, um, they were tried in our common law court of justice. Um, read a book by, Je by Jeffrey Robertson. He's a, a, a Queen's counsel, and he wrote a book about... Uh, the case against the Pope, how it's possible to try, as we did, to try him as an individual in a court. Same applies to a British monarch. Because the, 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 as flesh and blood individuals, they are, it's like the old saying by Edward Koch, the attorney general in the 1600s. He said, be you ever so high, you are not above the law. And the, the monarch in England is subject to the will of parliament and the common law. He's not above it. You know, you're not, they haven't turned the clock back that far to absolute monarchy, right? He's still liable to for any of his actions now these are solid eyewitnesses you know linking him to a murder and uh you know so to someone who officially is he's in a fiduciary responsibility as head of the crown to all native people they he he's responsible for them now to order the death of one of them yes he can go away uh for life but the point is that can't be in their jurisdiction. It's got to be in our own common law courts. But like I say, we have the power to set up these courts. We've proven it. And it's now up to all of us to get on board and do this because, you know, we could all be next, right? Jake said, isn't the Chinese military presence in Canada the same as the Cuban Missile Crisis? In what sense? Um, like, uh, it could, could trigger world war, perhaps. I don't think, no, the thing is the Chinese don't need to go to war. They, they're owning more and more of the place. You know, they're not that unsophisticated. They don't have to have a war. They rattle their sabers, like in the South China Sea and that, but they don't need to go to war with America. They're buying up the country. They've, they've, they've effectively got Canada. Um, they're way biding their time and letting America destroy itself. So, I mean, it's it, that's the way to do it, right? Intelligently, that's the way I do it. Question from Ray. Didn't Trudeau have to give back millions donated to his foundation by China? No, he hasn't. In fact, that was just for the media. Uh, none of that is happening. He's covered. I mean, they're not going to throw one of their own boys to the wolves. Right? Next question. Can you tell us more about Trudeau as a Manchurian candidate? There's a lot to tell. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we're going to do as part of our uh, uh, in, in the fall when we mount this case again 
is um, we're going to be uh, unleashing a whole separate dossier on on Trudeau's personal history at the Hollywood Hospital. So um, that'll come out. I don't have the time right now to get into that, but it's again, it's uh, nurses who used to work there. It's um, you know other like John Simmons and others who knew him who can confirm this. Question from a Nexus: Has China won the war already on the West via corrupted Westerners? And by buying up everything, they want to create the impression they've won the war because, as Hitler demonstrated, you defeat an enemy psychologically before you invade them, you weaken them. That's the purpose of a fifth column. And that's what they're doing now. But again, they're in a very weak position because uh, it's all so obvious. Like we started describing, the crimes are so obvious now. The weak factor is us. People don't feel they have the power to do these things. But like I said, you know, the, you have the power in England as well to sees the Catholic and Anglican churches and all crown land. It's just got to be done in an organized, lawful way. And that's why we've set up the Republic. You can do the same thing in England. You've, you've got the precedent. It, it already happened in 1649. You abolished monarchy forever. It was an act of parliament, illegally reimposed in 1660 by Charles II. But that example holds. It's the precedent and you can act on it, right? Fred is wondering whether you ever heard of Prince Andrew ordering anyone's murder. No. But, you know, nothing would surprise me, folks. <laughs> yeah, it would be done in seat, top secret, I imagine. Um, let's see. This is from Anexus. I'm in Seattle, and I see the mega-wealthy Chinese taking over developments in the city. Huge skyscrapers full of condos that are usually empty second homes. Right. They're not, you know, I see the same thing all over Vancouver. A lot of empty homes. Um now, it's being done for real estate reasons, but long term, don't forget, China's bringing in a lot of illegal immigrants. They're repopulating the whole West Coast, whether it's America or Canada. We saw this 20 years ago. Um, it had already started then. And as a matter of fact, the head of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, a guy called Richard Fadden, in 2010 said he had solid evidence that China had infiltrated the British Columbia government and was sabotaging it. And then he was forced to resign. Right? This is the head of the equivalent of the CIA in Canada said that. The top officers said they, this was happening. So, again, it's part of this whole scenario playing itself out. Right? So there's neighborhoods in London right now where the rush, exodus of Russians is causing house prices to finally go down. Like my sister had a flat in Fulham that was worth a lot. But because the Russians exodus because of the Ukraine, the house prices in Fulham have gone down now. Have you heard anything like that about that? The Russians? No, but I mean, Russia's kind of the... Uh, uh, playing a waiting game to see which side to jump to, right? And uh, right now, it helps them to help China. Uh, but they've got their own game, and that's a topic for a whole other show. But, um, yeah, it's it, what, what, interesting, though. We received some help from through Serbia uh, from Russian people in our first tribunal because the enemy mm -hmm. of my enemy is my friend, and they would love to see the Vatican come down, right? <laughs> Kevin, we're out of time. Thank you. Can you tell the viewers where they can find all your stuff? Murderbydecree.com under ITCCS updates and uh, bbsradio.com slash Stand. It's our weekly blog show. And there'll be a lot more soon. Thank Cheers, you, Sean. Kevin. Always a fantastic chat. Thank you very much. Okay. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye.